Hello, and welcome to the Extension Experience Podcast with your hosts, Josh Bouchong, Trent Malachik, and Dana Zook. Here you'll find insights into Oklahoma agriculture from West Area Specialists employed by Oklahoma State University Extension. Their perspectives come from assisting county educators and producers in the areas of agronomy, animal science, and economics. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back to the Extension Experience Podcast. My name is Trent Malachik. I'm Dana Zuck. And Josh Bashan. Josh, it won't rain. And that's a problem for me because I don't have my wheat sowed. I don't really have my wheat ground ready because it's so dry. You know, I've, as we've talked about on this podcast before, I had quite a bit of soybeans on my acreage. So I've got that harvested and I've been trying to get back to wheat and it won't rain. What are some of the struggles and and unique situations I'm going to run into if I have to start planting wheat in late October and November. Well, the only good news is you're not the only one in that boat. Really? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Well, that's might be why we're having this. Western Oklahoma's the drought index keeps intensifying. So it's widespread issue this fall. Like you said, a lot of guys getting their double crops off want to double crop back to wheat. Uh, So Ran out of moisture pretty quick. We keep getting those hot swings, drying the ground out pretty fast. Some guys still have moisture down inch and a half deep. They might be able to still get a stand. But for the most part, north central Oklahoma, we're just starting to get into that optimum planting time. So typically for grain only. For grain only. Yeah. Uh, so for the most part, wheat pastures out of the question right now for fall grazing. And even when I drove through Western Oklahoma down to Frederick the other day, wheat pasture in general is pretty bleak. Uh, so need moisture to keep it growing. Got a lot of skippy stands. Some guys started out wet and then turned dry. Some guys dusted it in. Either way, they got a skippy stand. Just haven't had the growth. It kind of seems like it wants to go backwards. But guys that are still wanting to plant wheat, we still have time. We do have a slight rain chance here and there coming up, it looks like. But if you can, uh, still able to get it in, what's the latest planning window for insurance? November 30th for most guys? Yeah, as you get farther west, that changes. It yeah. gets brought up a little bit faster there. So, you know, by mid-November, you'd want to have it done, depending on where you are in Oklahoma. But, yeah, as we get farther farther east in the state, you got a little bit later time period there. So, hopefully, we'll still get rain in there to get it up and going. For grain only, like we're talking about, we don't need a lot of fall growth. Uh, we want to get that seed down a little bit deeper, so still plant if you can that inch, inch and a half, uh, just to buffer it from those temperatures, from those frosts that we do get coming through. Uh, but guys that are dusting it in, there's a age-old question is, do we keep it shallow or we go try to put it into moisture? And it depends on a lot of variables. Obviously, where is that moisture? Can you get it into good moisture? Are you going to end up with the skippy stand? And then what wheat variety you got? There's some that can germinate from lower in the ground than others. Uh, We revert to that as the coleoptile length, and that's that first structure out of the seed that pokes up through the soil, and then the leaf emerges through it. Uh, So some varieties, uh, you know, looking back over time, Endurance, Triumph 64, they were great for coming up from deep. Uh, but once we started shifting more to semi-dwarf varieties, we were getting shorter and shorter on that coleoptile. And we usually have a bigger issue early on because 
hot soils make that coleoptile even shorter. But this late, uh, especially in no-till, we're going to have cold, cooler soils. Uh, so that's not going to reduce that coleoptile length. But if you are looking to plant deep, uh, we still have some varieties like domes or even double stop. Uh, they can have a pretty long coleoptile. Most varieties that we're planting throughout the region are going to be doing decent at that inch and a half depth. Uh, if you try to go deeper than two inches, more than likely you're going to have some issues. Some that are going to be quite our, more on the shorter side that you don't want to go too deep. Be something like Gallagher, a uh, couple from Westbred, 4269, Grainfield, 4699. We don't want to go too deep with those just because of that coleoptile. But like I said, most of the varieties are going to do well, tighten up to that inch and a half, maybe two inches deep. Uh, it's whether or not you can get all the seed down into consistent soil moisture. But let's be honest, my wheat variety is selected for the year. Yeah, it's more <laughs> than likely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's sitting on the truck. I had plans to plant it several weeks ago, and it got too dry. Yeah, I've been running the vertical till a little bit over some soybean ground. I'm going a little over an inch deep there, no moisture. I chisel down, and I literally have to chisel with my screwdriver to get deeper than that. Yeah. And I'm not finding moisture down to two inches. You know, when we get to that point, my big fear is what if I get a half inch of rain? I dust it in. Say I dust it in shallow. I get a half inch of rain. I don't join moisture below it, deeper in the soil profile. I could have that wheat come up and just die. Yeah, that's usually the issue. And wheat, we've always been spoiled on. We try to dust in summer crops. I think it's a higher risk, but dusting in wheat. A little bit less risk, you can say, but there's yeah. still that risk where you can get it germinated. Even high humidity, there's research showing in the soil having high humidity can start that germination process where the seed imbibes water. Uh, but for the most part, we're wanting to plant deep enough to where it's going to take a significant rain to get it emerged. And hopefully you'll get those roots down to join, like you said, what moisture you had previously. So that's why we don't want to plant too shallow, but we don't want to plant too deep. Uh, kind of thought process, thought processes there. Some guys think plant it shallow. So when you do get rain, it's off to the races quicker. Uh, but like I said, for winter survival and everything else, I like to go a little bit deeper myself. Uh, like you said, you have a, instead of that tenth of an inch rain germinating, it, you're just going to take probably more of a half inch to really get it germinated and going. So what if it gets re like really cold? So do the cold temperatures affect if it'll come up? I mean, November 30th is still over a month away. I mean, yeah. it could yeah. really cool off between now and then. I mean, what what is kind of like that happy temperature to get that wheat up and kind of established before it gets like dormant time? Well, I mean, if you're, if you're planting in August, you may get wheat out of the ground in a matter of days. Mm -hmm. If you're planting in late November... You're talking, and it's cold, you're talking, it could take up to a month okay. for some of those seeds to come up, just in my experience. And that, you know, I, I don't have any trials or research to back that up. Josh might say I'm wrong, but. It all goes to soil temperature. The cooler it is, the slower it's going to be growing. Once we get down to 50 degrees, we're going to cease growth on that soil temperature. But right now we still have good temperatures. But as we do get in those colder soils, especially no-till, you're going to see benefits from having maybe a little infero phosphorus of uh, fungicide seed treatments going to be paying off good for you on those colder soils because you'll have more disease and uh, issues with that as well. But ideally, we like the soil temp to be above 85, but oh, we wow. can still get okay. 
good germination down in the 70s and 60s. So where are we at now? I mean, as far as soil temperature, I haven't even looked. Well, mesonet.org yes, is a I great know. tool. That I, haven't, will tell I know, you exactly. but I haven't looked at that. I'm, no, yeah. I'm not an agronomist. Cows yeah. don't care about the soil temperature. So Yeah, Dana threw a question at us that we hadn't researched just no, now. That's all right. but, I'm uh, sure it's no. a little cooler than August, right? But the important thing to remember is soil is a pretty good buffer because even if it's dry, it has some moisture in it and water does a good job of buffering temperature. Yeah. So we're not we're not as cold as the air for sure. Yeah. And and we've had some warm days oh, here recently. Yesterday it was ninety five yeah. on the way home. So the solar temperature is still pretty high. Probably we just so. need water. Yes. Especially bare ground. We're getting that solar radiation warming it up. Um but it just kind of depends on your situation. How much moisture you got, like Trent said, the more moisture you got, the more buffering capacity it has, the longer it takes to change that soil temperature. But if you are truly in purely dry ground it's going to fluctuate in temperatures much more quickly i think it's important for producers to remember the because since there's two planting windows in oklahoma in my experience people have completely forgotten about the last one yeah you know and even guys that have no intention of grazing are going out and planting in september and, and you got to remember there's no need for that and i've seen some dusting in going on recently on ground that it's like come on guys you're not going to graze it what is the hurry so i think from a farm management standpoint, you got to really think about how many acres do I have left to sow? I got to get done before my insurance date, you know, because you, you're going to have to get that planted before insurance cutoff date. So kind of do those calculations in your head. How much, you know, if, if it rains or if it rains for a week, how's that going to set you back? It only dust in the amount of uh, seed that you have to in terms of getting done before the insurance cutoff. Because other than that, it's much better to wait till it rains, see what moisture you got, and then put the seed where it needs to be. That's what I especially noticed this year, guys. I thought planted more on the early side than normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, even guys that are, like you said, still grain only, not wanting fall pasture. They're, they're going to use what moisture they had. They saw it disappearing, no rain relief in sight. So they planted earlier than they wanted in the fear that they're not going to get another good rain. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just, like I said, it's important to remember that you know, just because the neighbors are sowing doesn't mean you're behind. Yeah. <laughs> there's different there's different uh, production systems out there for sure. Oh, the neighbors. Yeah. That's always the thing, right? In farming, yeah. right? Or ranching. We need big yeah. walls around each field so we can't see what's going on. It's but the coffee shop business. <laughs> but there's another important fact to remember when it comes to late planting, and that's seeding rate. Yes. Because in cold temperatures, we reduce the amount of tillers that plant puts on, correct? Correct. And some of that's genetic through the variety. Some are more prolific on tiller generation, but typically when we get cooler cooler temperatures, we're going to have less time to set those tillers. So up in that seeding rate, uh, we looked at some uh, research from a previous small grain specialist here at OSU. And he was saying, you know, your typical 1X seeding rate, for example, maybe 60 pounds early in the season, once we get the Mid late October, you might increase it by 50%. So you're looking at 90 pound seeding rate. Start looking at mid November, you're going to be a 100% increase. So double on that seeding rate up to 120 pounds, just so we have the desired tillers per acre out there to get that yield. And keep in mind, if you're going to be planting into less than ideal conditions, our germination isn't going to be 100%. Yeah. So some yeah. of it's for tillers, some of it's because yeah. you're not going to have that. Yeah, if you're going, if you're dusting in in mid-October and you anticipate you could get a hard blast during rain, going ahead and getting to that two pounds, 
probably an action of what was that comment you made earlier? Uh, uh, least consequence. Yeah, the practice of least consequence. Yeah, that probably aren't going to see a whole lot of negatives besides paying for that seed. But, you know, you're not going to have a replant opportunity at this point. So you're going to have to get it out there and get enough tillers out there to make a crop. Otherwise, you're going to have to look at planting a spring crop. If you and our wheat is truly a winter crop. It does have to go through that vernalization process for it to go reproductive in the spring. And that can happen after the seeds invited took on water. Uh, it can start that vernalization process. So even stuff that comes up, we've seen planted late come up early spring, uh, still have some yield potential. Obviously, it's not going to be as ideal. Uh, we're not going to have that yield potential we had at mid-October, uh, but there is still potential for a decent crop. Vernalization, yeah. vernalization is it has to be up and growing and then it has to get cold. Right. Let's go through that okay. cold process. And like I said, it doesn't even have to be out of the ground. We've seen. Okay. Okay. Once that process starts going where it starts to take in water and germinate, okay. we can start counting those hours as vernalization. Okay. Very, that's a new term. So if me. we get, you know, a big ice storm in late December, January, that might be enough to get it. Okay. I never wished for an ice storm, but yeah. I suppose well, for the vernalization, for maybe. Water we can get. So. Well, yeah, a seed is a living organism, even though it hasn't germinated. So once it germinates, it's growing and it's it's alive. So and most of that seed is starch. Uh, you look at some research done 25, 30 years ago, and they looked at seed size, the typical thought process. The bigger the seed, the more resources that seed has to come up through those less than optimal conditions. And typically that's the probably a fair uh, analogy. The bigger the seed, the more likelihood you're going to have of getting a good stand but genetics is starting to play a bigger role in that as well so. so vernalization if the plant goes through that or if it doesn't go through that it may not put on seed is that is that correct so, so the vernalization process starts when it reaches a certain temperature and for so many hours and that's kind of genetic dependent on how many hours it needs some wheat varieties don't need that much vernalization some need a lot uh, but it starts when that seed actually starts growing from that moisture it first takes in. So it doesn't have to be up, but it can start that. And if it never goes through that vernalization process, it's not going to set much seed. Okay. Wheat growth 101 for Dana's up today. <laughs> so Josh, we've had a few new varieties released recently. Are there any varieties coming out that would be good options for late planted wheat? Just looking into the future and trying to plan? As a matter of fact, uh, there's a new one called Butler's Gold released this fall. It's going to be available through OGI, developed it by OSU. And Butler's Gold, uh, we've been looking at it the last few years, Dr. Carver bred. Even at the field day this year at Lahoma, we had it where we planted in the December and still yielding good. And when we have uh, results at Stillwater where it yielded almost just as much as stuff planted or on a typical time frame. So mm. it doesn't need much fertilization. It can come up late be planted late so it might be a good option for those guys like you trying to follow beans or grain sorghum or any other summer crop uh, so it's going to be another option here in the near future yeah we are very blessed to have a bunch of different varieties available in in oklahoma through ogi and you know we get to tailor our production systems uh, to exactly what type of variety they need you don't have to settle necessarily in any way just availability might be an issue you got to plan plan for some of those hurdles but yeah that's kind of our quick 
overview of late planted weed? Is there anything else you want uh, producers to know? So from here on through the winter, obviously we're not going to have much wheat pasture. Uh, I'd still say guys are still looking good and getting some of the crop in. Some guys do have moisture at an inch and a half deep, so we can still get out there. Uh, guys looking at dusted in, I'd probably still keep it at that inch, inch and a half, just to make sure we get good winter survival and get a good moisture to get it up and going. Uh, there's still good possibilities. Like I said, we still have over a month here. Uh, just depends on if we do get some more moisture. If we don't get any moisture, uh, it might be a good enough crop to be a cover crop to come back to an early uh, full season summer crop. Yeah, and don't go light on seeding rate and consider inferophosphorus as cold soils kind of hamper the plant availability of those types of nutrients. Might look harder at using a seed treatment with the fungicide on it. Uh, seed, seeding rates, big factor, planting late, like we've discussed. Uh, know your variety, whether or not you can plant deeper or not. Uh, some varieties can go deeper than others, but there's still plenty of time to plant some wheat. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm getting nervous because it's getting a little bit late. I don't like planting wheat in November, but it can handle it and it can do well if you just kind of follow a few different uh, production practices and just change up things just a little bit. You can still make a very productive wheat crop this late in the year. And the plus side, you don't have as many issues as the early planting wheat. No army worms, right? No army worms. No we, hope. worms. we hope. Uh, technically, we have to freeze first. Okay. And it hasn't done that yet. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Mites, viruses, you know, you're escaping a lot of those issues. No, yeah, I like that as an economist, less yeah. money. So, <laughs> well, we really appreciate you guys listening in. If you have any questions about late planted wheat, feel free to reach out to your county educators and go into their office and, and talk to them some more about it. So, we'll catch you next time. We hope you've enjoyed what you've heard. If you would like to hear more or follow up on the discussed topics, please reach out to your local county extension agent. OSU has a presence in all 77 counties with educators eager to assist you. Also, please consider checking the description for links to our social media pages and further information pertinent to the conversation. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon.